Michael Thomas believes that he, Chris Olave, and Rashid Shahid can be a big three at wide receiver. What would that look like for the New Orleans Saints? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to keep the conversation going, you can always do so one-on-one with me over at joinsubtext.com slash locked on saints as always i am your host ross jackson at ross jackson nola on twitter your new orleans saints expert credential member of the media senior writer and reporter over at saints news network sports illustrated's fan nation site covering the new orleans saints you can also find me every tuesday on locked on nfl and here with you every single monday through friday on locked on saints today's episode of locked on saints brought to you by bird dogs go to birddogs.com slash locked on nfl and enter the promo code locked on nfl and they're gonna throw in a free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with every order go and check them out i'll tell you a little bit more about them here in just a bit but on today's episode let's get down to business as mulan would say uh, we're gonna take a look at uh the Return of Marshawn Lattimore, when that should be expected, as well as more of your questions from live shows, Twitter, Facebook, DMs, email, all of that stuff. So we're going to get to a whole bunch of stuff, including a rapid fire section where I'm going to go through a bunch of your questions. Uh, We're also going to take a look at what Michael Thomas, excuse me, what Derek Carr had to say about Michael Thomas, not only what he brings to the field, but how that communication that we've been highlighting all week is actually progressing. But first, I want to take a look at Michael Thomas and his comments about his quote-unquote, big three. The New Orleans Saints wide receiver sees himself, Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid, with respect to the other players that are, of course, going to make plays as the big three on the New Orleans Saints offense at wide receiver. So how does this all work out for New Orleans, and what does it look like? Before we break all of that down, let's hear from Michael Thomas himself. This is direct from his uh, post-practice presser with us, because not only was he present, he also spoke with us, and I asked him about seeing the development of Chris Olave, of Rashid Shahid, and what he feels like the three of them can do, and how excited he is to get out on the field in 2023 with the both of them. Oh, I'm very excited. Those are my guys. They're two California guys. Of course, Chris is from Ohio State, but like before I had like got my injury, I was always rolling with those guys. So like we kind of like a little, I guess the big three or whatever. <laughs> so, um. I wouldn't say big three because we have other, you know, receivers and stuff in the room that will contribute and that have to contribute. But like those are just my two rookies last year. I kind of like took under my wing and kind of like was involved with a lot. So just to see their successes always like puts a smile on your face and then just find where I can add value and help them to be successful. Oh, you can say big three, and you did say big three, Michael Thomas, and that's okay. That's exactly the way that the Saints players should be looking at this sort of triumvirate or trifecta of wide receivers that the Saints have in Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and Rashid Jaheed. Now, what Mike mentions there is true. He has taken both of those guys 
under his wing. He has spent each of the last two off seasons working with them, especially Chris Olave. You've seen the photos on their Instagram pages and things like that from them, you know, lacing up shoes on the sideline to riding jet skis with one another out in California. They have been living it up, but also putting in all of the work to get better and be ready for this 2023 NFL season. And one of the things that I love, and you're going to kind of hear this theme all throughout the show today when we're discussing Michael Thomas, is humility. There's a little bit of humility here. There's a little bit of the lack of ego that you would expect from a big name wide receiver in the NFL when he says not only he doesn't want to necessarily highlight big three because there are other players that can have to and will contribute, but we know that it's a big three here in New Orleans. But he also mentions that he's super excited to see the way that Chris Olave and Rashid Shaheed have been succeeding and just wants to find out where it is that he can contribute. This is your number one wide receiver on this team, your X receiver, your split in, the guy that's all by his lonesome right up on the line of scrimmage that draws the coverage of the best corners, the best safeties, the best whatevers in the NFL, and that is saying, I'm looking forward to finding how I fit in with them, the guys that have been here in my room for one year. That's a pretty good outlook from Michael Thomas. And again, he highlighted all throughout his press conference that, look, there's going to be narratives out there about having a bad relationship with the team and all these other things, but that's not the case. And this is just another example of why that is not the case. You're seeing a lot of these things from Michael Thomas that tell you otherwise. Uh, Whether folks choose to listen to it or not, that's entirely up to them. So what does the big three attack of Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and Rashid Shaheed look like with a guy like Derek Carr at the helm? Well, it does kind of take you back to days where you used to watch guys like Marcus Colson, Devery Henderson, and Robert Meacham all on the field together uh, with a Drew Brees style passer. And what I mean by that is short intermediate attack, attacking horizontally as well as attacking vertically, anticipation, throwing receivers open, things like that. I'm not. I'm never going to put Derek Carr and Drew Brees on the same level. Derek Carr would never put him and Drew Brees on the same level. We'll actually get to a little bit of that here in just a moment because we're talking about ego, our lack of ego, and the presence of humility. Derek Carr has an example of that that we'll share here in just a moment as well. But that really is where this team can separate itself from the let's just say struggling offenses of the recent years is that you now have this triumvirate of wide receivers that can operate with your quarterback. And Derek Carr is a type of passer that can place passes wherever they need to go and that can make all the throws as Rashid Shaheed highlighted last week. And these three receivers can run routes at all three levels. They can be impactful at all three levels. They can run a variety of routes, especially Michael Thomas and Chris Olave, who have the entire route tree available to them. And Rashid Shahid's continuing to grow, continuing to learn, continuing to grow as a route runner in particular. He has made some massive strides there. His knowledge of the New Orleans Saints offense, the playbook, all of that stuff has made massive strides going into year two. I can't wait to see what he looks like in year two, along with Chris Olave, then you add uh, Michael Thomas to that equation. But the other thing that 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 Rashid Shaheed offers you is versatility. You can utilize him in the slot. You can utilize him outside. You can utilize him out of the backfield. You can have him run those jet sweeps. You can have him run the reverses. There's just a bunch of things that you could do with a guy that has such immense speed, such good field vision that has the returner ability there. And the other piece to all of this, which um, we've highlighted in, in previous episodes is you've got some guys that are going to fight to pick up some extra yardage for you. They'll do it a little bit differently each way. You hit Chris Olave and stride, his speed can get you there. 
You hit Rashid Shahid anywhere on the field. His elusiveness can get you get you there. You hit Michael Thomas anywhere on the field, and his strength can get you there. And so you see all of the different ways that this team, who was 25th in the NFL last year in yards after catch gained by receivers, that is a massive drop-off from where we have seen this New Orleans Saints offense be its most successful to what it was last year. Now you have these receivers that can be that big three, not just because of all the route concepts that they can run, not just because they might draw coverages away from one another, all of that, but what they can do when you get them the ball to fight to pick up more yardage. And so those are the things that will help you be able to erase some of the third and longs, pick up some of those third downs, move the ball on first down more efficiently, things like that. Winning on first and second down gets a little bit easier when you have this style of um, uh, versatile, uh, but also very specific types of attack. So you've got these two speedy guys, one of which has the full route tree, the other one has the route tree, and then some because of all the different ways that you can use them. And then you have the big, strong, quintessential X receiver that you can't just find anywhere coming out of college in a guy like Michael Thomas that knows the system and that can hopefully stay healthy. Obviously, that's going to be the biggest question mark, but has every bit of upside that you need to be able to continue to build off of what these guys can do together. And Michael Thomas is not the only one that realizes that Derek Carr sees it as well. But more specifically, he highlights a bit of what it is that Michael Thomas can bring. So we're going to share a couple of like minute and a half long clips here that give you an idea of what Derek Carr looks at and knows that Michael Thomas can bring to the offense and how the communication has developed thus far. I got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by Bird Dogs, my favorite apparel company right right now. Uh, I've got four different pairs, three shorts, a pair of joggers, and there's even more that I'm getting on the way. I've also got the tumbler that they send that I'll tell you here in just a second how you can get one of those for free here in just a sec. But look, you're looking for something that maybe looks like, uh, you know, everyday pants wear, but that has the stretch and feel of like joggers and athleisure wear, things like that. The stretch khakis are perfect for you. You want to go out for a run in any and all weather and not have to worry about stink and sweat and all those other things. The joggers are fantastic. You want some shorts that you could customize all the way down to inseam length, as well as uh, whether or not they have liners, the shorts are right there for you. Bird Dogs does it and has it all. Let me tell you what you're going to do now. You're going to head over to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. And you're going to use the promo code locked on NFL, all one word, all caps. That's going to get you this free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for the free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Appreciate you as always making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Always glad to be here with you. So I want to continue today's episode looking more at the Michael Thomas situation. Usually on Fridays, we do our like in case you missed it thing. Well, in case you missed it, Michael Thomas was back at practice during OTA day seven, day three for us over on the media side. Uh, and look, he didn't participate in drills. He wasn't out there running full speed, things like that. But he got some working with the quarterbacks, was out there with the wide receivers, kind of like continuing to build that chemistry, all those other things. And I've highlighted sort of the building of chemistry and why that's important. And a big part of that is that how it translates out onto the field once the season begins. Derek Carr is a brand new quarterback for Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is a brand new wide receiver for Derek, for Derek Carr. So to help kind of break all of this down, I want you to hear it in Derek Carr's words. I'm going to share a couple of clips that are a little bit longer than what I usually share here, but I do think are important to get the context of how the communication 
and value of Derek Carr and Michael Thomas' relationship budding the way that it has been, why it's so important. So let's start off here with this first clip, and then we'll discuss it for a little bit around Derek Carr talking about what it is that Michael Thomas brings to the New Orleans Saints offense. Yeah, he's violent route runner. Uh, you know, there's a few guys that are like that. Uh, I won't start naming them because people get offended, you know. Um, <laughs> Uh, but you know, there's very few guys that run such violent routes and catch the ball and get back downhill. Like a lot of guys like to catch that ball and dance around. Like, he ca- gets north and south. You know, like he turns what should be second and five into second and two. You know, and and that right there changes a football game. You know, it, and you know, to the naked eye, it's just another slant or it's just another this route or it's just another over. But it's not. You know, he catches it. It's just another stick route. But what he's doing after the catch, what he's doing, you know. When, when he's rolling, you he dictates, you know, coverages, you know, you have to account for him, you know, because he's so talented. He's so aggressive at the catch point, you know, when even if he is covered, you can still throw it out there and he, he can body him up in his hand. He extends his hands, strong hands. Um, he's a bigger receiver, so you can trust him with those kind of throws as well. The back shoulder throws, he's he can win over the top and catch those, you know, late hands. And, you know, those are the things that as I was watching the film, like, very attractive, you know, to me, especially when you get all the pieces going, um, you know, and you add them all and they're all healthy and they're all there, you know, it's what it could be. Sounds fun. You know, um, it's not, we're not there yet, but it, you know, sure. Sounds exciting. You know, when you think about it. So Derek Carr, they're highlighting what it is that Michael Thomas can bring to the offense. We kind of broke this down a little bit earlier on in the week, the idea of turning a second and five into a second and two, why that's so important because it gives you the opportunity to be able to extend drives without getting to third down, right? A second and two is easier to pick up than a second and five. And it's easy. And a second and two is easier to pick up than a third and two because you have all of your options available to you. Do you want to run? You can, uh, especially with guys like Jamal Williams now on the roster. You've also got your short yardage cheat codes in guys like Alvin Kamara, as well as, of course, Taysom Hill has to be a part of that equation. But then you also have a passing game that you can go to. You can, you know, meticulously move the ball down the field, which is noticeably more challenging or not noticeably, but is like undeniably more challenging in the NFL than when you get those sort of big explosive plays and things like that. But it is an option for you. And when you have guys like Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed, who catch most of what goes their way, uh, especially, you know, all over the field, then it gives you the opportunity to be a little bit more meticulous, surgical, to percolate down the field or matriculate down the field, right? Kind of do it a little bit at a time and and wear defenses down. Saints didn't have many of those big drives, those double-digit play drives that milk a bunch of time off the clock. They didn't have many of those opening, you know, scoring drives, opening touchdown drives, things like that. And when you can come into a game and punch a defense in the mouth by running a 14-play a opening drive that ends in a touchdown, that separates you. For the rest of that game, it, 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 it sets the tone for you as the more physical team whenever that unit is out on the field. And it charges the defense up too and keeps them charged up because you're keeping them off the field. That was a little bit of an issue that they ran into last year, particularly around the middle of last year where the offense wasn't able to get, get moving. So these little pieces of second and five versus second, or sorry, second and two versus second and five do really make a difference. And then there's teams out there like the Cleveland Browns, for instance, who needed explosive plays in, because they had explosive plays on 80% of their scoring drives. That's that's a ton. That's a lot. That's that's more than a lion's share. That's three lion's shares. That's four lion's shares 
of your offensive scoring drives needing those big explosive plays. You don't want to be a team that's fully reliant on them. So being able to advance the ball on first and second downs as opposed to getting down to third absolutely helps you do that. So now how close are Derek Carr and Michael Thomas getting? We've talked about how they have started to build their uh, relationship with one another and started to build the communication, but how is it going so far? Here's what Derek Carr had to say. Yeah, yeah, we might, it, it, you know, just the, just the last couple of days, just talking on the football field, um, you know, because now I've, I've never say I've learned it, but, you know, I'm pretty far along in where I feel like I, I was and knowing the system and things like that. And, uh, you know, you never want to feel like you have it all figured out, but feel confident with where I'm at. So now we're talking the same language. I'm not saying, hey, this is like what I used to, you know, I'm, we're saying the same words and I'm, and we're, we're, I'm asking the right questions and he's, you know, giving feedback and I'm, uh, I'm not so prideful to say, well, you were successful on this route or this thing with Drew. Like, tell me, what did he say to you? What was he looking at? You know, like I'm, I got no pride here. I'm trying to win, you know, like I don't care, you know, you know, who's right. I care what's right, you know, and you know, Mike is sharing information, same thing. Like, but yeah, you know, when, you know, Tay would run this and do it like this. I'm used to that. How do you see it? And I want to, you know, I'm putting it all together and, you know, those algorithms in my brain are just trying to connect wires, you know, um, to make us successful and this organization successful. So um, it's been very, very helpful that he's been here. And I'm, I'm really thankful that he's been here. Love a genuine algorithm reference um, on an, an internet show. Gotta love that. Uh, so what you're hearing there from Derek Carr is the expression of, a lack of individual pride, but an expression of team confidence. And I think that those two things have to be on the opposite side of the spectrum from one another. So just like we saw the humility and sort of the lack of ego when it came to Michael Thomas, how do I fit in with the two younger guys? Um, Derek Carr is saying, look, I asked Mike, how do you see it so that I see it that way? Also, how did Drew see it? And Mike is saying, how did Devontae see it? Devontae Adams, the former, you know, well, now still Las Vegas Raiders, but you know, a longtime teammate of Derek Carr, not just with the Las Vegas Raiders, but at Fresno State before that. So, I, well, they only got one year together with the Raiders, but you know, they go all the way back to college. And so what you're hearing there is not just the communication, but something that might be even more important, the lack of the individual pride while leaning on team confidence. And those are the things that change the culture of a team. There's no reason to not try to improve the culture of an already good locker room. There's no reason to not try to improve the culture of an already solid team. And what we're seeing is that the New Orleans Saints have successfully or are successfully improving their culture. You're also seeing a little bit of humility here from Derek Carr as well in his expression of, hey, look, I'm not going to say I know the playbook now, but I'm better off now than I was three weeks ago. And that's exactly what you want to be hearing from him, because you've also got the receivers around him like Rashid Shahid, Chris Olave, the younger guys saying the exact same thing. If these guys are all on the same page with one another, along with Juwan Johnson, Foster Moreau, Jamal Williams, Kendra Miller, Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill, so on and so forth, they become a really, really powerful offense in 2023, barring everyone stays healthy. Now is the time that they start building, sort of laying down the foundational building blocks to get to that place. Coming up next, we're going to get to your questions from all around the Saints Mediaverse. We're going to take a look, or the Locked on Saints Mediaverse, starting off with should we expect to see March on Lattermore at mandatory mini camps or is training camp more likely the timeline? Got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's. 
Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with your questions from all around the Saints mediaverse. I have some names, have some Twitter handles, so I'm probably just mostly going to focus on the questions here, but you know who you are and and you obviously deserve the shout outs one way or another. So I'm going to start off with, uh, I've got Sarah Toby here, uh, who says, should we expect Marshawn Lattimore to be at minicamp or is training camp a more realistic timetable? This is great. I wanted to talk about this today. I would expect most of the veterans to be there during the mandatory mini camps, but there are going to be some folks whose timeline might be more like training camp. Um, you know, some of the guys that I, that come to mind are like Ryan Ramchek, for instance, uh, maybe uh, Cesar Ruiz, Trevor Penning, they might be present, but not participating until training camp, things like that. So the thing to keep in mind though, throughout all this is that just because someone isn't present when media is, doesn't mean that they're not present. They might not be out on the field, but they might be in the weight room, in the meeting rooms, in the film rooms, in the classrooms, things like that. So that's the big thing to sort of keep in mind here is that even when you see a report that says, here are the players that were not spotted out at practice during the open media session, doesn't mean that they're not out there outside of that hour and 20 minutes that media gets to see practices or however long it's going to be uh, during minicamp. So I, I would say to expect most people to be there during minicamp, but if there's a veteran that's not there, don't take it as a red flag. Don't take it for more than it is. This is still phase three of the offseason, so there's really no nothing keeping a player or beholding a player to showing up for mandatory minicamp. Uh, we'll go to Armando here who asks, uh, do you think that Hunter Renfro is more of a need or a want when it comes to more wide receiver help? Both. Uh, I think Hunter Renfro gives you that slot specialist that you don't have. I do believe that it is a little bit of a want as well because you want that slot specialist that you don't have. Now, unless the Saints feel that Rashid Shahid is going to be able to step into the slot, or they want that slot space to be occupied by multiple receivers on a matchup basis, they have the ability to be able to do that. Michael Thomas loves to take snaps from the slot. Chris Olave can do it. Rashid Jaheed can do it. A.T. Perry wants to do it more. So there's a lot of opportunity for them to, or even if they don't land a uh, Hunter Renfro, for instance, that they'll find ways to occupy the slot in a way that bolsters matchups. And that's just naming the wide receivers. Alvin Kamara can take snaps out there, Taysom Hill, and any of the tight ends at this point could probably take snaps out there as well. So I wouldn't be too worried about it yet. Let's go to uh, to Carl who asks, hey, Ross, do you think that Brian Brzee will start? Yeah, I think eventually. Uh, it, it, early on, Brian Brzee, of course, the Saints first round pick, Clemson defensive tackle. I think that you know guys like Colin Saunders, Malcolm Roach, and, and Nathan Shepard are, are, are really good players. But I think that what the New Orleans Saints want is that sort of quick twitch um, you know, guy, I'm trying to remember the words, quickness, suddenness are the words that that Dennis Allen used to describe him. I think they want that type of pass rushing presence uh, on their defensive interior. And so as long as he continues on the trajectory that he's on so far that we saw throughout OTAs, yeah, there's a good chance that he starts. And even if it's not week one, eventually it will get to to be that case. You don't draft a first round guy and say, okay, well, you're just going to be focused on rotation. And remember, basically every defensive lineman on the New Orleans Saints roster with the exception or including Cam Jordan. Um, is a starter because no matter what, you're going to see guys take snaps before others, depending upon what the matchup is. You know, Cam Jordan's always going to be one of the first ones out there and the first edge rusher to take the first snap. But outside of that, all of these other guys are going to be able to move around and based upon the matchup, they'll get there. So some games he might not be a starter, but he plays more snaps. Other games he might be a starter, but plays less snaps. It just kind of depends upon what the matchup is and what the opposing team's offense presents as a challenge. Go to uh, Vernell Thomas, Thomas, excuse me here, who said, uh, "How was Jameis Winston really? How has Jameis Winston really looked compared to Derek Carr?" I think a lot of people would take this as an opportunity to take their little like subliminal shots at either one of the quarterbacks, particularly Jameis Winston. I think more likely catches that kind of stuff. But here's what I'm going to tell you: 
they've both looked good. And that's what you want. There should be no difference between watching them and red zone drills, for instance, like we did on this most recent Tuesday, because you're not seeing either one of them air out, air the ball out. We've only seen a couple of deep passes in team drills. Um, and so what you're really looking at is where's the ball placement? Where's the accuracy? Well, how is, how is the ball coming off of their hands? Are things being thrown accurately? And you've seen mistakes from both quarterbacks. You've seen, uh, you know, pass breakups, pass defenses thrown from both quarterbacks. You've seen passes thrown from, you know, thrown behind uh, receivers by every quarterback. It's OTAs. So how have they looked compared to one another? About the same. And that's exactly what they should look like in this setting because they're not being asked to do the things that separate them from from one another. So that's my take on it. Uh, some people might vehemently disagree, but that's the way that I look at it. All right, let's get to some rapid fire questions here. So we're going to run quickly through these to wrap up today's show. Uh, so know that when I'm giving these sort of short answers, I'm not being short with you as the question asker. I'm just running through and then keeping my word, giving some uh, quick thoughts on all of these. Um, Tim Dunn, has Demario Davis lost a step? No. Uh, Tyler Thomas, I mean, I mean, he just simply hasn't, right? Like he's outstanding. Uh, Tyler Thomas, if the Saints could bring in one more free agent, who would you want it to be? For me, it's edge rusher Yannick Ngakwe. I still think that they need to add veteran edge rusher depth. Uh, not necessarily a guy that's going to come in and challenge for a starting role, though. You want the young guys uh, to take that. King Troll asks, is Isaiah Foskey, the New Orleans Saints second round draft pick out of Notre Dame, has he signed his contract? No, but again, don't worry about it. Uh, he's doing media availability. He's talking to us in the locker rooms. He's at practice. He's doing extra stuff for the New Orleans Saints YouTube page and social media accounts and all this other stuff. Again, don't worry about this. Stop worrying about this. This isn't important. Um, the contract will get signed during training camp more than likely. Most second round picks still have not signed their contracts from this year's 2023 draft. And then you look back at last year, Alante Taylor didn't sign his contract until like July 21, 22 during training camp. Expect the same timeline for Isaiah Foskey. Don't worry about this anymore. Uh, Tyler Thomas, again, uh, what is the minimum that this team needs to do to make sure that DA stays the head coach? I would say win the division, go to the playoffs. I mean, I think that, that that's really what it's got to be. Anything less than that, considering what this team has built to all offseason, the whole point is to contend and win the division. If you've made all these moves, made all these investments, done all these things, gotten you know, DA's coaching staff in the building, and then they don't do the thing that is the goal, then that means that you failed. And that would be the thing that would potentially put DA uh, on ice uh, or on like Rocky, not on ice, but like, you know, on what am I thinking on thin ice, thin ice. That's a phrase that I'm looking for. Uh, and then finally, we're going to go to Ross Del Rio here. Um, I know that no one wants it, but do we think that the Saints players showing some personality and the Moreau story could make the Saints front runners for hard knocks? I actually don't. This is a great question. Dennis Allen very publicly said, I don't want to be a part of hard knocks. Don't want the distraction. I just want to be worried about football. But remember who the competition includes. The competition includes the whole Aaron Rodgers saga and the New York Jets. I think if any play, if any team out of the ones that are eligible, which also include like the Chicago Bears and another team, I can't remember the other team, maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, out of the four teams that are eligible this year, the Jets have the more intriguing storyline because it's the quarterback story. It's the Aaron Rodgers effect. And it could be one of, if not, absolutely Aaron Rodgers last year in football, so in the NFL. So I think HBO and Hard Knocks should be headed over to the East Coast to New, well, I almost said New York, to New Jersey. There's only one New York team and it's Buffalo Bills. All right, y'all. I appreciate you so much as always for coming through and making us your first listen of the day here on another episode 
of Locked on Saints. Coming up on Monday, we're previewing minicamp. Uh, listen, no live shows next week. So we're going back to one a days just for next week, though. I'm going to be in a hotel. And so I don't know if the Wi-Fi is going to be any good and stuff like that. So I just don't want to risk it and, and put out a bad product. So we're going to do pre-records. We'll have you covered every all Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday with brand new episodes, but they'll come out in uh, in the morning. So we'll have those ready for you then, but no live shows just for next week. We'll be right back at it the week after that. Appreciate you as always making Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. And as always, if you see me, say hi. And if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, head over to joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Saints today. As always, if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.